Imagine being able to travel to any point in time. Where would you go? And what would you do? You could witness some of the greatest moments in history. That's gotta be Kane! Break it down! I was on my way home, guys, you know, and I got I got this call from Robert. He's like, dude, you got to get back here right now. This Raw is the greatest Raw in the history of Raw at this point, season four. You thought I was kidding because the last, even that pay-per-view was kind the of shitty. The last Raw was, was bad. It was bad. It was just filler matches that you knew the outcome of. I was kind of... And honestly, not... Okay, there's like a cool match, but the rest are not really cool matches. But they were awesome. The content, <laughs> the content. The content. This is what we're here for. Yeah. We're here for the content. It's raw. Does it need to be a good match? Does it save yeah. the good matches for pay per view? I want right. drama. I want drama content. content. Hilarity. I, this is the hardest I think I've laughed at wrestling in a long time. I've I was laughed. crying. Okay, so I mean, all of you are fans of this podcast, or newly fans, maybe. We're hilarious, Robert and I. But uh, this is the first time Raw has been oh, as about as hilarious as us. I just hope that we can compare. This ep- episode can compare to what what this lived up to in yeah, our. Yeah, we'll have to. De- depending, obviously, nothing's ever planned for us. It, depending on how this podcast goes, I might just say at the end, you know what? Just go ahead and just watch this one. Yeah, no, <laughs> honestly. So we so. Usually, our process here is, you know, we'll, we'll watch the episodes separately. You know, we live our own lives, um, you know, as much as we can. And and then we come together, we do these shows. So we don't know each other's opinions for the most part. Uh, but, you know, every now and then we're able to watch one together. Uh, after the last episode, we were able to watch this together and, and, and then... And I, I really enjoy those the most. But what, as we're watching it, I'm like, dude, because it was such a good episode, though, I'm like, man, we got to just like live stream these. Yeah, you know, I was like, thinking and that's yeah. like almost like, man, if we get we get enough followers, we get people interested, swipe up always. <laughs> uh, but I, I mean, just you know, the comments during it, just the just the surprise of each raw and all the content that's happening and just you know everything especially this episode but i think every episode would be great it's one of those you had to be there moments. i mean you could watch it and you could listen to this podcast but like when we both obviously the best raw we've seen so far i'm so glad it happened I, i i paused it i called you i'm like I know this is going to be good, or if not, I need you just to see these few moments. Yeah. And from the get-go, it was like it, it, it was great. Yeah, I did an illegal U-turn to come back to, to Robert's house. Yeah, no deers were hurt. No, no, didn't even need to bother with the deer. It could have been medium bad again. No, could have been, could have been super bad. Could have been really not bad at all, which is probably what it was. But I gotta say, great move coming back. We're here and we're ready to do it, dude. It's like late. It's almost one in the morning, and I'm like, "Do we watch another episode?" <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm pumped. Uh, this is such a good one. Yeah, from the yeah. Uh, we had to immediately do this right after. So we are starting 
as was teased a little bit with Ahmed Johnson, Shawn Michaels, we knew they were going yeah, to have a tag so, match. So, so, well, so, yeah, you see the smoking guns come out first. And this is the first match? Yeah, we're, oh, man. So you, you got to know it's going to be a great Raw when you're starting off with a tag title match. I think we teased it last episode. Uh, there was a commercial for it during the pay-per-view because Ahmed and Shawn both beat uh, individually the, the smoking guns who challenged them for their titles in the last Raw. They get a tag team title match together. It's only together. fair. Yeah, it's, it's only, only fair. fair. It sounds like a good stipulation to me. Um, so, Smoking comes, Guns come out with Sonny. She's pushing a birthday cake. Happy birthday to me, Shawn Michaels, Happy and the fabulous Moolah. And the fabulous Moolah. <laughs> yeah, and I, I uh, very surprising. The fabulous Moolah and Shawn Michaels. Two of the goats all time <laughs> share a birthday, July twenty second. So big day, July twenty second coming up uh, in real life as well, uh, or, or I shouldn't say real life because this is all real, but modern life. Uh, so she brings out a cake, then Shawn Michaels and Ahmed come out and really just kind of storm the ring. Basically, there's not like. It's not like, oh, we're coming out like typical Shawn Michaels entrance with the dances and everything. No, there Actually, was no... I guess he kind of walks out. Uh, he kind of walks out and he's you know kind of flaunting his... He's 31 years old here. I'm 32 right now. You're I'm 30. I'm 30, yeah. We celebrated your birthday on the podcast. He's 31? He looks like 50 years old. Yeah, we talked about this. Like, why did people in the 90s that look like, even when you were 21, they look like they were 35? I don't know if it's because they didn't have Nugenics then, or because... <laughs> yeah. That's not a lead to plug you Yeah, I mean, you know... Text, so she didn't like it buckle, Text turnbuckle to 34434 for your free sample of Nugenics. But I... If not, just text that number. <laughs> I, that is the right number for you to check. Right, yeah. right I don't know why I remember it, but... Um, <laughs> it's just, you know, I can't believe Shawn Michaels was ever 31. Uh, like, you know, I'm, man. That's why I really need these podcast donations. We got to get to Shawn Michaels' level here by the time you turn, turn 31. We got, yeah. like, basically a year. We need to be... Shawn Michaels, 1996. Yeah, I'm learning uh, the Irish whip right now. Oh, good. Which is, I'm halfway there. (laughs) (laughs) Next is the roll up, and I'm. Then you're basically Mark Muro at that point. Yeah. So there's a birthday cake for Shawn Michaels, and it is presented by Sonny and the Smoking Guns. So Sonny is like kind of flaunting, hey, Shawn, we got you a cake, you know? Shawn walks up to the cake. Sticks his finger in it, Undertaker. <laughs> <laughs> and wipes down Sonny's face, and she's just absolutely appalled. Yeah, she's disgusted by it. It seems like, so I think Vince alludes to it in commentary that she's bringing out, out to like eventually throw on Shawn Michaels, or it's, just, it's not a sincere birthday cake, essentially. And so like when Sean goes to put his finger in it, she's like, oh no, I had nothing to do with this. So, like, she's obviously admitting that it was going to be a ploy to lure him into a false sense of security on his birthday. You know, turning 31 is never easy. But he, so she, he puts it on her face. She, she's so appalled by it, which I can't imagine why. She got a slop bucket poured on her just a few weeks ago. That is true. Yeah. And that's way more disgusting than whatever the birthday, even the, if the birthday cake was the worst birthday cake ever. 
better than pig food. Yeah. Did you say Ahmed threw it on her? No, I didn't say anybody threw it oh, on her. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I said Shawn Michaels put it a little bit on her face, oh, which is right. actually what you said. Oh, right, yes. <laughs> yes. I do but then, that. actually, what happens is... Uh, <laughs> she goes to throw it on yeah, Shawn. Yeah, yeah. But Shawn turns around real quick, and she's kind of in this, like, what do I do situations, and Ahmed sneaks up behind her, and she turns, looks at Ahmed, and looks like she's seen a ghost, and Ahmed just pushes the Pow, right, right in the kisser. Power in the kisser is yeah. right, yeah. Yeah. And so she's just That's got... the first time someone's ever said that. Yeah. Ever. She, she's got cake all over her face. You want that cake, 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 cake. I don't know how many more do I have to do. I think I, I know, like about, eight, eight how about more far does it go? Uh, well, she did at the time. Uh, Rob, you're wearing your sunny shirt again now. What? Uh, what is she? Did she like the cake? Or? Um, let's shake the magic shirt real quick. It says, "I like it." Well, she liked the cake then, well, so it must have really been a good cake. She made it. Uh, she seems like she wouldn't be a very good cook, but you don't know, maybe. Well, Stone Cold thinks all women should belong in the kitchen. We need to go back to that era. We'll get there. We'll oh. get there. Let's not jump ahead. Uh, so, <laughs> all that happens. Shawn Michaels. So, it's it's hilarious because, like, the smoking guns run out and start to fight Ahmed and Sean before the match even starts. Because they're, they're pretty upset with this whole thing and the fact that they have to defend it. They mess with Sonny. Sean's sweet chin music's Billy Gunn immediately. Um, but all, as, as he does that, the... The pyro, like the firework, like tubes or whatever, are still pyro never yeah, left the ring. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're, he hasn't even done them yet. Which you called out, you're like, that's interesting because Sean's pyro is still in the yeah, ring. Yeah, like, are, are they, they still going to just do it randomly? So, like, he sweet chin music's Billy Gunn, and then eventually they do do it. Um, and but the, so like, the, but the match never happens, and no, they just go back. Leave, yeah, yeah. So we're, we're kind of left confused, like, oh, what's going to happen? Uh, thank God for our president, um, Gorilla. Monsoon. Yeah. Immediately says they're going to defend the titles tonight. Billy Gunn needs to recover from that sweet chin music. He's pretty disoriented. But if he doesn't, if they don't defend it this night on this Raw, they have to forfeit the titles. Yeah, they'll strip them. Yeah. So so it's going to happen. Seems like it's going to be the main event, which is exciting. And so we're going to carry on with the Raw. Yeah. We can't imagine it's going to live up to the beginning. Right. So it's interesting. And then uh, the next match... Um, already in the ring, we have probably the famous, one of the most famous, like, what the hell kind of wrestlers. Yeah, or so what the hell was Vince We, we talked characters. about T.L. Hopper as the possible worst character ever. Little did we know. We forgot about. The goon. We forgot about the goon. The, the goon. famous goon. So this guy, he's a goon, and, and, and a goon in the sense is, and I don't, and this is in Seattle. So it doesn't really make sense, but they were in they were in Vancouver last night, so pretty close by. Sure. And it would make sense if this character was in, in Canada. But the goon is a hockey player, and kind of like a goon is like the guy in hockey who's going to go out and just like hurt a guy for you. Because like he's not really great, but he's kind of like... Maybe he, foreshadowing the... Where, where are they now? The Krakens? They are the Krakens. Yeah, They're going to be a team next year. Uh, the, I think, believe the uh, expansion draft is going to happen in the next week or two. Yeah, they got a cool. I like their logo. Yeah, they look great. They That's a Krakens. hell of a hockey team name. And Seattle yeah. needs needs a winter sport. Honestly, you know, sucks that they lost the Supersonics. Fuck the Oklahoma City Thunder. What a stupid name. But 
I mean, I'm not going to say fuck them because they're cool, I guess. But, like, come on. That's, like, not that cool of a name. And it's kind of, I don't know. So, I'm not going to get into the whole Thunder thing. We can do a Thunder. We can do a Thunder to a Super Sonic We'll talk podcast. about that when the Thunderdome is yeah. it's, it's, it's terrible. But either way, uh, yeah, pump for the Kraken. Now it makes sense, you know, from anybody from here on out. going to be big Seattle Kraken guys, I'd yeah. imagine. Um, but so the goon wearing a hockey jersey, basically just some blonde guy. It looks like a, just a, like, honestly, a terrible hockey player is what this guy looks like. But the most impressive part of him is that he's wearing boots that look like ice skates. And it looks legit. Like I had to do a double take. So I'm like, is he legit wearing ice yeah. skates? But they're like these weird boots. I don't know how he's walking in them either. Yeah, they got like three inch. They're like three inch like platform. Yeah, we we got to get this guy in the podcast and ask. We'll him get him on boots. there. He's, um, I believe, he's living in uh, Picos, Texas now. So okay, we'll probably reach out to him. Maybe we'll hit up Adult John. He's from Texas. And yeah. See if he's okay with maybe uh, looking him up for us. All right, goon first, then taker. What? We, I mean, we oh, tried to get Undertaker no. on the podcast through we Adult did, John, so maybe we, we yeah, but he refused. He refused. So yeah, I guess we give him another shot. Well, he's probably a big goon guy. Oh, he's a huge goon. Big guy. goon guy. I asked him actually. You know, I I when he was here, I asked him who his favorite wrestler from 1996 was, and he said. You wouldn't know him, but the goon. And so, <laughs> I was like, oh, I, I've never heard of him. I used to get... I, that's more believable than uh, when Moon said that his favorite first and second favorite wrestler were Chris Jericho. <laughs> they were both Chris Jericho. Well, you know, another guy. Maybe he can help us get The Undertaker. Well, we're going to get the goon, uh, and then we're going to get The Undertaker. So, And when we have video, we might get Ahmed Johnson as a guest, but we're going to need to do the closed captioning for it. We'll have to zoom out as well. We're never going to get Ahmed Johnson. I know. <laughs> we are big guys. Uh, we love big. Ahmed, though. We I get... just said we're just big guys. We're big I'm Ahmed big Johnson guy. guys. I'm a, big guy. I'm a big Ahmed Johnson guy. We'll get to Ahmed Johnson this episode. But you guys will never guess who the goon is about to go up against right now. I don't even think Robert can guess. Barry Horowitz? No. The roll-up king himself. Mark Miro, the wow. wild man. Mark Miro. But not only that, so we're like, oh, Goon, who's your first? I'm like, oh, Mark Miro, of course. Yeah, Mark you, Miro's been on every show, guys, by the way. You guys, what a great employee. You guys couldn't, you, I mean, you wouldn't believe the excitement on Robert's face when he realized that. <laughs> you got to see it live, baby. Oh, uh, man. I, I, yeah, and so, you know, he's seeing this guy, the Goon. And Mark Miro, his boy, comes out, and he's like, oh, man, finally. I get Mark Miro just dominating match, like the match where he's just going to kill it. It's going to be roll-up after roll-up after roll-up. Her, her Karana's a two, and it's going to sure. be over. But what makes this match even better? We get Stone Cold Steve Austin on commentary. Yeah, which is always great. And so this is kind of the first hint of um, where where his kind of rivalry is going. Because obviously he beat Mark Miro. He should be done with him. By he's though. probably done with him, but he's just on commentary. So we're like, okay, he's going to move on. But in the match, so we did our SummerSlam predictions last episode. In the match, he mentions, I wouldn't mind a shot at Ahmed Johnson. Yeah. We, Which is exactly what exactly we predicted. Exactly what we predicted. And... So I'm like, all right, we might, we might 
we might have pulled that one off. Yeah. Uh, but then he also even talks about Bret Hart. He's like, oh, well, Bret Hart's done. But didn't we talk about on the podcast that we haven't seen Bret Hart? Yeah, I did. I mean, I mean, I don't know what's his, what his deal is, if he's hurt. But Stone Cold alludes to that Bret Hart is gone. Like, he left and he's not coming back. But we know, like, the Montreal Screwjob is, like, 14 months away. Yeah. And then he, that's when he leaves officially. So yeah, and, I, I, I will say I'm confident that Bret Hart... Stone Cold is a WrestleMania match in 97 right. uh, for possibly the Intercontinental Championship. Okay. And uh, But I don't I don't know for sure, but I know that they, they fight each other and it's a really good match and I think it's at WrestleMania. So, I mean, maybe maybe a sewer Bret Hart's going to come back and, and, and that's going to be the match. But he does mention at this point Ahmed Johnson. And so I'm thinking Ahmed Johnson. I'm like thinking, hey, our prediction's pretty st- pretty solid right now yeah i mean he's on a roll right now he deserves a title shot yeah we could all agree and uh and so the the match goes on the goon versus mark miro yeah Uh, this is actually the first time we're seeing these little pieces of stone cold steve austin start coming together it's all it's all coming together we know bottom line a lot but this is the first time when you mentioned this he goes is stone cold wearing a leather leather vest i don't think it said austin 316 or anything well, we didn't really see it. We just kind of see him sitting there, so we wouldn't know. But he's got a leather vest on. Yeah. And then in this match, obviously, Stone Cold sits down. Um, and we get a call in from Jake the Snake Roberts. Really um, not really concerned with this match at all. Because they have a different a guest commentator who has nothing really to do with anybody. Right. Then they do a call in to a guy who has also nothing to do with anything. Yeah. This whole entire Raw is not about <laughs> matches. But it's great. It's great. So, yeah, Jake the Snake calls in. Um, who's, you know, we, we talked about at the In Your House International incident. King's just talking crap over and over about Jake the Snake making a lot of alcohol jokes. And just really uh, very insensitive jokes at uh, Jake the Snake's um, expense. And so Jake the Snake calls in. And, uh, he, he has, like, some actual issue, uh, or or so Vince alludes to. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, oh, how is that going? Jake the Snake says, oh, I, you know, I've been down. You know, it's not great, but I've been down before. I'll, I'll definitely be back. You know, I'm not going to be out. And this is where King kind of jumps in, you know, where he really shines. He goes, oh, I know he has barthritis. Which, okay, good one, King. Barthritis, that's great. Um... <laughs> And, and and then he goes, yeah, you know what that means? Jake the Snake is stiff in a different joint every night. <laughs> Dude, it's so good. Oh, it's just over right and over. Right too, he goes, and Jake, I got your tag team partner right here. And he pulls out this bottle in a brown paper bag, and he pulls out a bottle of Jim Beam. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and he does, like, while Jake's talking, the, the camera's on King, because obviously Jake's on the phone. Yeah. And he's like, the glug, 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 like, <laughs> motion. Yeah. Jake's like, yeah, well, with the help with God, and I'll recover from this, and he's just like, glug, glug, glug. <laughs> and, and, and also, like, for me, it was a very impressive reference, which I guess probably not, you know, not that far-fetched then. So, um, King says that, oh, you might as well call yourself Otis Campbell. And... For anyone that's like under 75 years old, probably doesn't know who Otis Campbell is. Otis Campbell. So, okay, guys. Okay, I get this because my dad is a big Andy Griffith Show fan. And 
if adult John's listening, he might understand this joke as well. And maybe that Spanish kid that we might hire. But <laughs> Otis and Andy Griffith was just like the town drunk. And Andy Griffith's the sheriff. He, this guy Otis would come in. He would come check himself into jail when he was too drunk just so he would sober up. And so he would sleep in the jail cell. And he was just a drunk guy on Andy Griffith's show. So what a deep cut reference from King. Sure. Which I guess people in 1996 probably, you know, you only have to be like 50 and, and older to understand that joke. So probably you have the wrestling audience. But I thought that was great. I thought that was really, really clever. Uh, Ed King is his usual great self. So, you know, we, the, the match continues, but we're like, oh, these are the lines of the night for sure. We're not getting any better lines than this. Just from what Rod's been, what the shows have been, okay, this is exactly what's going to happen. And But the, the match is continuing, and the goon is getting a surprising amount of offense in on Mark Miro. Yeah, I don't know why this was even an even, kind of an even match. There was a it kind was, of, yeah, it was like weirdly even. Like, it's a guy yeah. of a goon that we've never yeah. seen before. <laughs> I mean, he's botching a couple moves that, like, like, Mark Merrill goes for like a hurricane Rana. He really doesn't sell it well. But there's a spot outside where Mark Merrill's like kind of laying like, on so, the stairs. But also, but like, the goon's winning at this point. Like, he's kind got of, a yeah. good two to three minutes of offense. Gets him it's outside. Like it's a 60-40 match yeah, right now. Yeah. yeah. Which is way too He gets him outside the ring. And, and then I think I was like looking at my phone. I think I was typing in some king lines or something. And then you're like, dude, hockey check. Like, yeah, yeah, so Mark Merrill's like laying against the stairs, and he, I'm like, oh my god, he's gonna like, this might be his like finisher thing. I don't know about the goon. Uh, ask Adult John; yeah, he's a big uh, fan. Uh, but he goes for this like hockey check, and he runs, but he slips on the cake icing <laughs> that was there from right, previously. There's no way this is set up. But when he says icing, I'm like, oh, he's got ice skates on. It'll be and fun. then even. Because King goes, oh, he slipped on the icing, and then Vince kind of had a good one. He goes, you mean he slipped on the ice? But it's not funny when he says it. Yeah, you no. Know? <laughs> Nothing uh, that Vince has ever said currently in 1996 has been funny, actually. No, I mean, it's not his role, but also it's just, yeah. No, I don't think Vince is. Like, Vince is funny. In the, Vince is funny when he's a heel and he says really weird shit. That's the only, but he's not yes. supposed to be funny. He's, like, trying to be creepy or bad. Yeah. And it's just like, wow, what a weird Vince thing. is funny when he says the N-word to Booker T. Yeah, shit's funny. <laughs> shit's funny. <laughs> We'll get to that. <laughs> of course. So after that, uh, I guess the goon gets thrown in the ring. And then Mark Merrill does, like, outside the ring, uses the ropes uh, to get air, and then does a leg drop. And that's a win. So yeah. we're not seeing – we're seeing very, like, weird well, finishers I, from I mean, Mark you don't need to do your actual finisher I agree. to the goon. You know, like – well, what do you, when he's kicking you your ass your the entire over, match? Put his shirt over your head and yeah, punch him a few times. Right. The one time you should have won by a knockout, <laughs> yeah, yeah. an actual knockout. So, I mean, like but like, I, no, honestly, my thought my thought would be that, I don't know, the Hurricanrana off the top rope's not an impressive move for a finisher. And he needs to come up with something else. That that leg drop was actually an athletic move. Yeah, I, you said it. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, the way he does it, it's almost like the only move you can do there is... Like, like just do a belly flop on him or elbow. Yeah, I but mean, the way he's able to get his over, legs yeah. over like oh, that definitely. is, is especially because you're not getting that much. Like the ropes aren't yeah, like super, not, like they have give, so you're not getting that much like oomph off mm-hmm. of that. And you're not really jumping off like the center of the mat. Right. That's a little bit spring. Right, it's not like he sprung bar off the ropes. He literally just pushed, jumped over the ropes yeah. and did that. Which 
Yeah, to yeah. get your whole ass yeah. and legs when they're like, yeah. you know, uh, horizontal like that, it's pretty impressive. Speaking of impressive moves, we were talking in the last podcast about Ahmed Johnson jumping over the turnbuckle onto Gold Dust. So we had to go back and rewatch. Yeah, that. oh yeah. Um, he doesn't actually go over like the turnbuckle stairs, but, but he close. might as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, it was legit right at the beginning of the match. He throws him out of there and does that like just suicide dive over the top. Ahmed's like. He's a hell of an athlete. From the get-go, does, like, all the good moves. Yeah. Like, he starts the match very yeah. well. And, and, but, like, it's kind of weird. Like, since that match, haven't seen anything really, like, super impressive. And maybe it's, like, more of something he's going to save for pay-per-views. But, like, it's basically since then, you know, punches, clotheslines, spine buster, and, um, you know, Pearl River Plunge. So, I, we'll see where it ends up. But I, I'm, exci- I'm excited for the future with him still. Yeah. So, and then <laughs> we get to the next match, and it's yeah, so another also, jobber match. Another, no, another newcomer that we've yeah, seen well, before. Okay. The, well, yeah, jobber for sure. Did you that, write yes. down this guy's name? Yes, that? this is Freddie Joy. Joe. Freddie Joe or Joy? Joe. Freddie sure? Joe Floyd. Freddie Joe Floyd. Mm. I, I googled it. Let me uh, let me just look in my Google history real quick. Well, the wise like Freddie Joe of, Floyd. All right. There you have it, guys. Tracy Thank Smothers you, is his real name. All right, Freddie. He Joe unfortunately Floyd. just died in October. Yeah, uh, leukemia. Uh, lymphoma. lymphoma. Yeah. I don't know if it was Hodgkin's or non-Hodgkin's, but lymphoma nonetheless. Um, so here we go. Another IRP. RIP. We'll drink to him. Yeah, drink to him. And uh, his green shorts, blue knee pads, and teal teal boots. boots. Well, he's versing Mankind here, and we kind of... So, we know that Mankind is untouchable. (laughs) Literally untouchable. And we already know that he's going to be going against Undertaker. We know that match is in the books. Boiler Room Brawl for SummerSlam. So, no changes in our predictions there. But, um, yeah, so you've got Freddie Joe Floyd. It was terrible. I mean, it was, it was hard to lie. Uh, yeah, well, it wasn't great. I mean, but he was going off like the top rope. Like, he was trying to do some athletic shit. He, he got shit. some offense in. Most of the offense he got in, though, was more of like getting out of the way of Mankind. And Mankind would would hit the turnbuckle. Right. Or, like, so he would just, it wasn't I mean, really. Mankind would run full speed knowing well that he's moving. Yeah, and, and, like, and, yeah. and like, I think he maybe got a couple kicks in, and that was about it. Yeah, his defense was offense, right? Right, <laughs> yeah. right. He, he gets. Um, He's actually, as he's getting offense in, gets to the top rope. And then Mankind gets a mandible claw while he's on the top rope. And then drops him like balls first on the ropes. Then he's on the ground. Mandible claw for the finish. Yeah, very nice. Uh, Mankind obviously being insane. Starts pulling his hair out like during the match. He squeals several different times. Um, that match is over, and I'm like, okay, what's what's next? Do we have one match? Is there two matches? What's going on here? Brian fucking Pillman comes out, yeah. and we already looked <laughs> at each other. Like, this yeah. just went from an so, eight but to he's a not hard just time. coming out for no reason, like he has been historically in wrestling so far. He is coming out to do commentary Dude, this on is the next what match. What we've been waiting for. I, I so so Robert said. Robert says, not disappointed. Robert says, is he doing commentary? I'm like, yes. And he puts like his hands in a praying motion and like looks up like this is all I've ever needed in life. And so he <laughs> walks out. He sits down with uh, King and um, and Vince, and we're like, okay, well, what, what match is it going to be? 
And already there's a guy in the ring, so we know it's another uh, speculative jobber match. And actually... Well, no, this... Actually, the main person comes out first. Oh, no, he was already in the ring. He's in the ring. ring. There's no music. But we don't know who he was. Yeah, we didn't know who he was. So we're like, okay, usually if the guy's in the ring before... It's jobber. Yeah, yeah, it's like, okay, well... Unless there's a real injury, like or yeah. like that one kid said at that raw, I go, yeah. no, they actually got hurt. That's why they didn't play his music. It's a job. Yeah, it's a job. Plays music. Uh, so someone's in the ring, but then Goldust music comes out, and Goldust and Marlena are walking out. Um, you know, classic Goldust, and uh, Brian, which we already know, like. Brian Pillman on the mic during a Goldust. Oh match. yeah, we're like, like this we already is know the content is gold, here. man. He's talking. You know, he's talking about the body down as one of a double team Sonny. This is this is yes. nothing by the end of this match. So and he, and he talks about a few times while Goldust is coming out that he's pumped for Goldust. He's a big Goldust fan because Goldust is starting a harem, and and, and it's kind of like why Marlena's been really weird to Sable, and um, and do they do the promo? Before the match starts, or is it right when, like, in the middle of it, the Mark Miro promo? Because Mark Miro, like, they go oh, off and do a I Mark Miro. It's, it's when Goldust is coming out, they go to Mark Miro, yeah. and then they finish off. With yeah, Goldust so, so they go to Mark Miro, and it's uh, like the longest promo we've seen. Yeah, from Mark for Miro. Mark Miro, yeah. the most words that he's ever said. Correct. Uh, so and they that go to, accents kind of they go to Mark Miro, and, and we've we've talked about where it's really like weird Marlena stuff with Sable, like. They, they had a match against each other, Mark Miro and Goldust, and Mar- Marlena just kind of walked over to Sable and was just, like, looking at her, like, checking her out and really making her uncomfortable. And then she she came out uh, for Mark Miro's match at the pay-per-view, just kind of looked at Sable for a while and then left right when the match ended against Stone Cold, which Mark Miro lost. And so Mark Miro had his match he won earlier, before Goldust match starts, he he's interviewing Vince McMahon, and he basically says that he is going to be facing Goldust at SummerSlam, which I can accurately say we did predict. We did that on one this as well, last yeah. episode. So, but we also talked about maybe Jake the Snake and Jerry the King. Yes, and we and still think that that's looking yeah, good. We, so we've got we right now predicted every match. We, yeah, I think we I think we're close. So we got we got Stone Cold. Um, and Ahmed Johnson, which was teased in Stone Cold's uh, commentary. We've got Jake the Snake and King, which I'm almost certain is going to happen because they're just talking right? shit. Yeah. And then we've got now uh, Mark Miro and Goldust, who've got a grudge match, uh, which we predicted as well. And that's going to be official. So that's awesome. And uh, I think um, we are, they do the promo that happens. And, and I think, you know. Uh, Brian Pillman has a few nice lines here, but yeah, go at them. Um, <laughs> go at them; they're great. So, as they're, it's like kind of as they're ending their promo and talking, and this is literally. So I'm gonna just put this comment in there that we realized the jobber that Goldust is facing is our boy, the greatest jobber of all time, Barry Horowitz. Barry Horowitz, yeah. Who is that's awesome, but this is. This is two three two sentences that um, Brian Pillman says while Sable's on screen, and these aren't the first words. Yeah, he this says. is all. Yeah. This is the first thing, and we're like, oh my god, this is gonna be phenomenal. We had to rewind it a couple times because yes. we missed like the. F- we were laughing so hard, yeah. I wanted to have, have him finish the sentence. But yeah, go on with the first thing that he says. He, 
First thing he says is, as much as I'd love to see Marlena and Sable go after each other's carpets. And then he's, <laughs> and we just start laughing. And we're like, oh, my God, line of the night for sure. Yes. And then he says, I mean jugglers, which I don't necessarily, I get it, but like, not as funny as carpets. But jugglers? Yeah. I mean, okay. I didn't know there was a there was another level he could take this. Yeah. And then, you know. And obviously, oh my God. Barry, Barry Horowitz is. But Barry Horowitz is in the ring. And we've talked about it on this podcast. But the next line is, and I guess I can't say anything on Horowitz either. It might be construed as anti-Semitism. <laughs> and we missed that whole line because, because we're laughing so hard at the Sable Marlena line. But he doesn't skip a beat. He's just No, rambling. he's just going, oh, going, God, going. And we're, so we're big Marlena Sable hooking up like we're big fans of that. Yes. We're here for yeah. it. Love is love. By the way, I, I mentioned I'm like, man, uh, Marlena's got great fake breasts. And I don't think I really appreciate them until yeah. So I noticed it, and I didn't jugglers. say it when we were watching, but like I, I'm more familiar with her as Terry Reynolds in in like the next year or two. Yeah, post Gold Dust, she's way too skinny. Like the, she's got. Some more meat on her, maybe. Agreed. Kind of wild work, uh, yeah. Because it's almost like weirdly big when she's so skinny. Right. I mean. I mean, I I still think she's attractive and a beautiful woman, but should we call peas right now and see if he would suck those? Oh man, live on air right now. If it was earlier, I don't think he's gonna answer right now. Um, I would say I want to speak for peas on this one and say that yes, you would suck those. We both wanted yeah. the answer. Our listeners don't even know, but they knew the answer. Yeah, they knew the answer. So, I mean, we, it doesn't need to be said, but we are big Brian Pillman on commentary. Guys. Brian Pillman might be the greatest of all time. Yeah, honestly, he's not probably included in, in anything Attitude Era if the Attitude Era officially starts. Um, in in WrestleMania '97, but honestly, he's got to be he's got to be if anything the precursor. Like we talked about Stone Cold saying his promo at King of the Ring is kind of like he's like George Washington. He's like the George Washington. He's like starting. He if you're doing Mount Rushmore, he's starting it. Yeah. But I think that like Brian Pillman's like um, the like oh man Patrick Henry or somebody like give me liberty or give me death guy like. He's there, but he's not really one of the guys because you know he never made it past past that moment. But no, damn, it's that's a good, That's actually yeah. a great reference. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. Yeah, it really, honestly, like kind of is. That's like what he's doing. This, yeah, moment. like the yeah. trendsetter, yeah. but not the actual. Yeah. Face he's not the guy who's getting the credit yeah. because he didn't really get there. But he was. He's like Without everybody him, saw yeah. everybody saw him what he was doing. It's like this is what needs to happen yeah. for the future. Yeah, and just imagine if those roles were kind of reversed, how like wild things would have been or could have been. Dude, I mean, honestly, all the people that made the Attitude Era what it was probably what needed to do it. And and like, you know, Brian Pillman wouldn't be Brian Pillman if he hadn't. Like, it's one of those things like Tupac and Biggie, okay, they died. That's what makes them them. But, you know, like would Brian Pillman, would we, would we look at him the same now if he was still here? And would he have... You know, I don't know. Like we we watched the Dark Side of the Ring. He probably wasn't able to get get as over as a wrestler as he should have because he just physically couldn't do it anymore. Yeah, he had the injuries and right. But you mentioned, and this is said in the Dark Side of the Ring, where uh, Jim Ross was talking to Brian. He's basically saying, "Like, hey, man, like 
you're already beat up enough and you got a lot of shit going on like you got a career here in commentary right like, like dude just also, do commentary can you imagine if Brian Pillman oh was man like, I think that would have been gold like instantly gold forever and like he could have been king he could have been like where King's jokes are dumb and funny, his jokes would have... His are like dad jokes, his, kind of, but Brian yeah. Pillman's just to the core. Like, Brian Pillman probably would be canceled by now. Sure. But, like, it would have, like, I don't know. He could have adapted. I don't know. I, I just, you know, it's uh, tough to say. But wouldn't it suck to see him kind of go, like, PG? Right. Obviously, right. like, he's got like a, he short, could... a short, like, career here. So, like, he probably would have been molded by Vince enough. Or oh, hopefully man. not, but I. But think he would like. I, it's so. It's such a you know crapshoot. Like, he could have said whatever he wanted for like four more years, five more years, and then he would have had to really dial back. Or just uh, not dial back. Well, he would have would have done it. He wouldn't have dialed back. Dial back. He would have got fired, and then he'd be sure. he'd be in TNA and doing AEW now or something. You know, like it would be awesome though. But like I don't know. I I would be here for it. But you never know without certain things happening where anything would be at this certain time. You know, if we hadn't killed that mosquito, Ultimate Warrior probably would have been in that match. Yeah. And maybe we got to go back and maybe we got to, you know. Yeah. Lowe's would be out of business because I never bought that spray paint. Right. Millions of people would be out of jobs. Uh, Jimmy Johnson wouldn't have any ad revenue for NASCAR. Right. He would have never won like five NASCAR championships. I mean, that's huge. Dale Earnhardt Jr. finally would have got one. Big Dale Jr. guy. You are? Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people are. Yeah, well, everybody was a big Dale Earnhardt guy. And then when he died, you had to basically be a Dale Jr. guy. Sure, of course. Yeah. Um, <laughs> stay tuned for the NASCAR podcast. <laughs> big Jimmy Johnson. Guy. Big Jimmy I mean, Johnson. good for you. He was a great racer. Yeah. Um, so, at a job I previously worked at, I met a lady that, um, I don't know if you want to say she was the dietitian. But she was in charge of all the NASCAR racers' meals. Wow. And I'm like, oh, interesting. So I'm like, how does that work? She's like, well, you know, everyone, like, has their preference of food. And she makes sure, like, she gets it for them. I'm like, oh, really? I'm like, do you have any? I'm like, I I think it's, like, NASCAR. You know, like, I'm kind of being ignorant about it. I'm like, so it's just, like, a bunch of beef jerky and brisket (laughs) and shit. (laughs) Yeah, I remember hearing I'm like, a, uh, what are the, like, do you have any, like, people that are super picky eaters? And she's like, yeah, Jimmy Johnson's, like, vegan and will only eat, like, certain things. So he's, like, the That's pickiest, why he's so good. Pickiest eater, yeah. Who would have thought, like, the best NASCAR racers? I can't say for sure that he's vegan, but I'm, I think he's a vegetarian and has a very strict diet. Well, good for him. Hey, we support all lifestyles here on Turnbuckle Time Machine. All right, what's uh, what happened in this match? Now? Curtain call for the win. Goldust wins against Barry Horowitz. Oh we yeah, know because the we know Barry Horowitz has only three won wins. one match. We well, we we saw it already because he won against uh, Owen Hart. It got overturned. And uh, wait, by, that was the victory. His one victory. No, I think he got three in WWF that we that we. Oh, I went through the stats before. Yeah, and I think three of them were in WWF. So we actually one in saw WCW, one. Yeah. And yeah, it was like one in WCW. But he had like fifty. Well, at least it keeps us guessing. Yeah, right? yeah. So there might be two more, or they already happened. We don't know. All right. Next, we have a smoking guns promo, and now we realize why Bart Gunn never made it really in the WWF. Yeah, what a terrible. So like you know, <laughs> Billy Gunn's pissed. That they sweet chin music him. Sunny says she nursed him back to hell. She just still has cake all over her. 
Um, and then Bart said, I, I, you were really making pay for what you did to, uh, to my, uh, to my brother Billy and Sonny. Like he, he had, couldn't really remember the names of his tag partner, who's also his, his brother, brother. Yeah. And then Sonny, who's the, also the biggest star in WWE yeah. that is also their manager. Yeah. yeah. So I think now I understand why he never made yeah. it, even though he's the toughest guy in WWF, but they're just pissed and they're ready to go for this tag match. Yeah, and then we kind of slide over to Vader, who is in ring with Jim Cornette, and they are doing their own little uh, promo. Right, yeah, and, and we and mentioned Vince McMahon is actually uh, yeah, interviewing Vince, the yeah, Vince is interviewing Cornette. Vader's just doing weird faces, which is what he does. Um, Jim Cornette says a reference that I've never heard before, but I like it because he goes, "Tell me who won that tag match." He goes. Well, I think that, you know, you grab Shawn Michaels' leg and yada yada. And he goes, when I ask you what time it is, I don't like, or he yeah. goes, when I ask you what time it is, I don't need to know how to make a watch. Yeah, yeah, just tell me what, yeah, tell yeah. me what I'm asking. Yeah. So he asks and he says, yeah, you know, Vader got the pin on Shawn Michaels. That's what happened. Yeah. And and so we talked about it last episode. They, at the, like, the post-show of the pay-per-view Vader and Jim Cornette demanded a championship match against Shawn Michaels. And it seems like it is happening, which we predicted. Which we called it. Another one. And um, which was kind of obvious to predict. So it wasn't that crazy. Uh, So we're going to see Vader versus Shawn Michaels, which I'm excited for. um, Because... We just, were, you were really uh, riding uh, I'm Vader's Vader. coat I tail in the, in the last podcast. I, I, I was, was, and, I, was and I think, I think he sold well everything. Like he, I agree he with was that. against, like he, most of the sell, like he did sold the Huracan at Sean. He sold really weak clotheslines from Psycho Sid. I think I'm excited to see him against a really good wrestler like Sean for a full match. See what happens. So yeah, so we finally have it. It is uh, Shawn Michaels and Ahmed Johnson versus Smoking Guns, and HBK and Ahmed both come out to Shawn's music, which I thought was pretty interesting. Which I mean, if cool. I'm anybody, uh, if I'm anybody teaming with Shawn, this one. Oh, it's the. It, I mean, we talked because, about like, it, top about, ten greatest. Yeah, think about like music. It's probably top one. five. Well, yeah. Well, one consistency. Yeah, and then also. I mean, come on. We're both watching it, and we're both yeah, singing, we're and like we want to be off into the beat. We want to do the pose and have the pyro go off behind I, us. You, <laughs> I know I'm sexy. <laughs> I got the looks. <laughs> so I, see yeah, how easy is it to get into it? He can't, he can't not be into it. And he sings it. Yeah, and he got the fireworks going off behind you. Yeah, the you. pyro. The pyro never changed everything from his outfits. Like, ugh. Yeah, like I think, like when he came back in the two thousands, they were like, "Oh, we got these really cool new fire." No, no, give me the fireworks give from nineteen ninety two. Shit don't change. No, I want to shoot those off because that's yeah. who I am. Uh, so yeah, they come out. The, the then the guns come out with Sunny still covered in cake, um, and the match starts. Yeah, it's a fast paced match, and it's like good. everyone's moving and grooving. It's you and, know, it's like. RPMs are at yeah, like and, and, it, and it's another one of those where you know you see it's you know uh, I don't know if we mentioned it but but Ahmed Johnson has broken nose from the night before at the pay per view. I don't think that was mentioned. Right, and he's, uh, King does kind of oh, a, he um, does mention a very insensitive thing. So Ahmed Johnson has this uh, white t- 
tape over his nose? And King goes, I thought that was sunscreen on his nose. But then again, why would he be using it? Or he has no yeah, purpose he doesn't for need, it. Why, why would he need sunscreen? Yeah. Which is, come on, black people get sunburned, guys. Come on, King. Where you at here, King? I know, King. You must, come on, Put King. Put Brian Pillman on there. Yeah, Brian I'd Pillman. I'd rather have him say some anti-Semitic <laughs> shit than said, that. You would have said way better shit. So, <laughs> I mean, the match is good. And, and, and this is another example where we talked about, like, Ahmed, okay, Ahmed's hurt a little bit, you know, with the broken nose. Also, just he's supposed to be this super powerful guy. He really hasn't faced much adversity outside of his match against Goldust, where he was kind of down and out for a bit, till Goldust, Goldust revitalized him with the mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. So, so Sean's getting beat up for a while by yeah, Bart and Billy Gunn, which it's not like, oh, I'm getting beat up by Owen Hart, Vader, and British Bulldog. I'm getting beat up by Bart and Billy Gunn. For like, you know, for like five minutes straight. A good majority of this match yeah. is actually, yeah. But it's because he's so good. Like, and I think that's one thing you got to realize as a wrestling fan is, this, especially then, like right now, everybody's good at Like all the wrestlers for the most part are good wrestlers. Like there's enough people out there doing it that there's skilled people teaching you. Everybody's learning the right way. It's not just going off your physique and being like, okay, this guy's got a great physique. We can mold him into a good wrestler. Like, Ahmed yeah. Johnson's like that. He's a crazy athlete, and they're trying to, he's a football player. They're trying to turn him into a, a wrestler. And like Psycho said, not a great wrestler, incredible body, but they're trying to make him appeal to people because mm-hmm. of how good he looks. Same thing with like Ultimate, Ultimate Warrior. And, garbage, yeah, like, yeah. so it's more of a, it, back then it was more of a, oh, this guy looks like he could be a wrestler. We'll make him one. Now it's, Anybody could be a wrestler. Like, look at Samoa Joe for, like, one of the best wrestlers of the last 15 years. Yeah. He's just like a regular fat guy. Like, he's not, but he's an athlete. He's so athletic and can do whatever. Yeah. But he didn't look like he would never have been a wrestler in the 80s because he didn't have the look. No, to be of just yeah. roided out and, and huge. But he's but got also, the, I mean, there's. <laughs> I mean, you got Yokozuna. Yeah, but he, but Yokozuna was Yokozuna was six hundred pounds. Yeah, like suppose Joe's like two eighty. Sure. Like five ten, two eighty. Uh, he's like more than two eighty. Right? I mean, maybe well, he's a little shorter. Yeah, right? maybe, he's like five ten. Like he's five ten, two eighty. That's like, yeah. I'm right. like you know you know at my best you know could be two eighty and six seven. Yeah. You know, like he's he's not like a tall guy, but he just looks like a fat guy. Like it's not crazy. But either way, what I'm saying is you need these guys who can sell moves and can do it safely to, to take the bumps in these matches. Yeah, they're all tech. We'll just say they're all technical wrestlers mm-hmm. for the most part. Uh, maybe not <clears throat> Freddie Joe Floyd, but, you know, other than that. Probably more so than Psycho Sid, though, still. Well, I guess we'll find out. <laughs> yeah. We didn't really get to see much, but what we saw was like. Well, what we saw was that he didn't get used a lot. And my thought is. His clotheslines weren't that great. Yeah, his choke slams were good. Irish whip uh, was decent. The Irish whip was decent. <laughs> choke slams were good, uh, which again power is totally the nice. other guy. The power bomb was okay, but it wasn't like it wasn't like an impress. It was like power bomb. Like I'm just going to drop you when you get up. It was gravity. Yeah, it was, yeah. Pick, it was basically strength. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> just picking. It was up. like yeah, you know, it wasn't like a sit down power bomb or even he slammed them. He picked them up when they got to his head. He dropped them and they just sure. fell on their own. 
So we'll see. Though I'll hold that hope. I, I really like the character of Psycho Sid, so I'm going to be hopeful. Yeah, so HBK obviously getting his ass whipped pretty bad. But obviously, I mean, God, he, he sells so well. And there's yeah. this, this spot that Sean's kind of uh, famous for is when he gets thrown in the turnbuckle, he kind of does like this flip um, and does like a really well sell. This was insane because I believe it was yeah. Billy Gunn. Yeah, and, he, and that uh, you know he him. does that flip where he kind of goes back first over the turnbuckle and comes back in the ring. Yeah, but this time he goes. He went out, out of the out ring, of the and, and it like, was so like bang, 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 that it was impre- It was impressive to trust. I don't know to trust physics. I guess on <laughs> yeah. that flip. I don't know who else you're trusting. It's all you. It's yeah. you going. It's you hitting the turnbuckle at and falling fifteen out. miles an hour, <laughs> basically, and just doing a flip and. You know, wherever you land, you land. Yeah, and uh, so, yeah, he's out there, and, you know, another one we're like, I, th- I think we were watching Robert's like, oh, shit. Like, that Robert just audibly said that. Like, oh, man, I was like, what a crazy sell. Yeah. Yeah, he's doing well. Obviously, reason he's got the, the belt, he beat, and he's checking all the boxes, except for him kind of being a dick in the locker room. But um, finally, after HBK is getting, you know, the shit kicked out of him, he finally gets that Ahmed Johnson tag. Ahmed's kind of heating up. And from the get-go, he does uh, what kind of transitions to the uh, Pearl River Plunge. He does an awesome spine buster. Then goes for, you know, the setup for the Pearl River Plunge. And I believe it was Bart Gunn that threw him out of the ring. Yeah. Yeah, Um, so he goes, I think he goes to... Like, go off the rope and Barkun pulls the rope down. Correct. Correct. So, Ahmed is out of the ring, kind of, you know, killing the momentum there. And we see somebody come out that we did not predict at all. We didn't predict. And so, we only did one. We were going to do one per episode. Uh, Who did we think was going to be the singles guy that Sunny teased like three weeks ago? But she never mentioned it again. And then we kind of... Well, we talked about maybe it was Psycho Sid that was supposed to be it, but right. yeah, we talked about that last orders. week. But the first week, who was your first prediction? Mine was I that think road I said dog, Mark Henry. And you said Mark Henry. You were close. I was close. Damn. Yeah. Damn, I was close. <laughs> Damn. So it's, I mean, Damn. you see the back of this guy, and immediately I knew who it was because I just watched the outfit. Yeah, I, I watched this like uh, documentary that they had on Peacock or WWE Network. Can't remember, uh, but yeah, silver helmet and like blue spandex, teal, yeah, like, gladiator style, and I'm skirt. like, this what a stupid helmet! Like they couldn't get a real helmet. It's like a paper helmet, and it's Farouk. And what's his? Do you have his full? Did you write down what his full name is here? It's like Farouk something. He's supposed to be like a. Uh, I believe it's Farouk Ahmad. But Farouk, okay. Uh, let me just uh, have Klaus. But yeah, I saw him immediately. I'm like, oh, Farouk, and uh, and he comes out and he goes right after Ahmed Johnson. You know, attacks him and and they disqualify Shawn Michaels and or sorry, they disqualify the the, the smoking guns. So Shawn Michaels. And Ahmed Johnson get the win officially, uh, but they don't get to retain the titles because you can't win them on a DQ. And so then you kind of see Sonny and Farouk sitting there. And Farouk says, basically, to Sonny and to the camera, now whatever whatever you want, you're going to get. And, and she says, you know, like, basically, I'm, you know, this is, you know, this is exactly what I wanted. 
And it's very clear that the singles competitor that she teased that maybe most people forgot about is Farouk. And I was blown away by it because I said road dog. But Mark Henry yeah, was a Mark really Henry good guess. Closer. Yeah. Uh, Farouk Assad. Farouk Assad. I forgot what I said earlier. Yeah, maybe I, I said that. I don't know. So, but, I mean, we all know Farouk most likely. So Ron Simmons is... And that's what King says. Looks like Ron Simmons, but I don't know what he's wearing. And Ron Simmons was in WCW first uh, black world heavyweight champion ever uh, just a year or two before that. Uh, ECW as well. Was he in ECW too? I think, actually, I think 94, 95. So actually just before. So, right. So he, right, even before that, that's so probably like 92, 93, he won the WCW. In WCW, yeah. uh, ECW, and then yeah. obviously present day. So, I mean, great wrestler sense. as far, I mean, just very impactful from my memory as him as Farouk in the APA with Bradshaw, who's in yes. WWF now as Justin Hawk Bradshaw. And I think they'll, they'll uh, align, uh, I believe, in 98 in the Ministry of Darkness. Yeah, I remember Ministry of Darkness, um, and then obviously Nation of Domination. Yeah, well, yeah, he'll be in Nation of Domination first, then Ministry of Darkness. Uh, but great career, upcoming, awesome Definitely, to see yeah. the the debut. What a weird character to be. But like, if you watch the, they did an AP. I think it was like one of the last things on WWE Network before Peacock started. The APA. It was just like a, an hour long. Just it's basically just Farouk and Bradshaw talking about. The hit, their history and how they became APA and where their careers went. And um, it's just called APA, I think, most likely on Peacock now. And Farouk's like, you know, I, I signed with WWF. And Vince first thing he said, oh, you're going to be Farouk. And he said, oh, that's a cool name. He's like, yeah, you're going to be like a Roman warrior. Uh, you're going to wear this cool helmet. And not cool at all. No, not the whole cool at all. Is terrible. It's a terrible. I mean, even in 1998. Not cool. 96, yeah. Or 90, if you yeah. never, 1992, it wouldn't have been yeah. cool. I it's mean, this cool. is a time when cool was wearing those tall Dr. Seuss hats. Yeah, yeah. yeah the Dr. Seuss hats were big in the 90s. And we didn't... So we saw a fan, I don't know if you remember this, but in the 90s, <laughs> remember like the Dr. Seuss hats where it's like, uh, it's like a bucket hat, but it's really tall, like like an like eight Lincoln hat. hat. The cat yeah, the hat. cat, the hat <laughs> hat. And we saw one of the stands. Like, oh my god! Remember, people would always wear those. Well, what was the deal? With I don't that? know why. Was, I, yeah, I remember how cool that was to be. I'm like, oh, I gotta get one. I think I got like a Nickelodeon one one time. Uh, dude, those were so in. You know what? I remember if you go back in like my uh, elementary yearbook, I guarantee you could find five of those in any like whether we had like a field day or a field trip. There was some like a, either a chef. I don't know or a what teacher it was. Was wearing one of those ducks. I don't know why. Days. Like. I mean, Cat in the Hat's time was like everybody was into sure, Cat in the Hat. What got those? I don't know. I don't know who I mean, started you could go that. Go to a county fair without seeing one of those hats. No, those or hats a gift are. shop. You, you, you wouldn't one. see one. You no way have you ever saw one of those hats <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anywhere. You saw at least four or five yeah, of those hats absolutely. anywhere you went with a, with a large group of people. So those hats were awesome, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, then honestly, they got taken over by the Kango hats. Yeah, dude, Farouk should have been wearing a cat in the hat hat. That would have been more believable. It would have been. Than his yeah. Weird... So what was I mean? What was Vince's reasoning for this? I, character? I think it was it supposed was terrible. And you know what makes even less sense is that he's with Sonny right now, because why have such a weird character when Sonny is the manager of the Smoking Guns, which are like cowboys, basically. Yeah. 
So why not make him like a cowboy or something related to the old west? Or just no gimmick at all. Or no gimmick. Just be Farouk. Just be some know? crazy guy. Like, yeah. So I don't get at all the direction. And then he's like, oh, yeah, we'll put him with Sonny. That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't, no. But I honestly, it's probably Vince Russo's fault. So. Yeah, we'll see how this plans out. I mean, how long is he this character? I, th- I, I think uh, maybe maybe less than a year. I would say maybe six I, months. I hope so. Because uh, I think Nation of Domination will start next, in this 1997. Because so, that, that's kind of what gives he, and he's the founder. push, right? He's the founder of the Nation of Domination. We yeah. got Mark Henry in there. We get D-Lo. D-Lo. I think we get um, the future Godfather. And, yes, and then Godfather The Rock is... Sure. The Rock's like... The Rock's the, like the probably the newest member. And then he becomes... Or actually, weirdly... Owen Hart joins at one point, but um, wait, he joins the Nation yeah, of Domination. Yeah, it's weird. Um, a Canadian, yeah, a white, a Canadian. the whitest wrestler ever, Owen Hart. So yeah, so but yeah, The Rock, The Rock gets his first push there as a heel. People are you know, he, but and then and then basically they break up because Farouk's like, hey, what the hell, you know, I'm the founder of this, but The Rock's like the main guy now and. And that becomes the big rivalry. What's, uh, what was uh, Godfather's like voodoo gimmick? Because that should be coming up soon too, right? I feel like we missed it. I feel like it already happened. Oh, really? Yeah. And I can't remember the name, but I think that happened already. It's like Shaku or Baku or something like that. Couple that two, that's two like syllable pa- names. I thought it was Papa something. Is Papa, that right? Papa Shango. Papa Shango. Shango was yeah, his thing? Papa Shango. Oh, you know what? I need to do a uh, apology because we are learning as people. So, is it Papa Shango? Papa Shango. Okay, so if you guys don't remember, the Godfather had this uh, New Orleans style voodoo uh, character where he did like a white face. Yeah, <laughs> but it was like a skull almost. It was yeah. super cool, um, but it just the character never resonated or went. Yeah, but I think really. that was like ninety five. So he was, okay. Yeah. So. Earlier, a few episodes, maybe even longer than that, there when Jerry the King was beefing with Ultimate Warrior, he was drawing all this stuff, and we're like, we know the King's not an artist, right? He keeps calling himself an artist. I watched, I believe it was a Broken Skull Session with yeah, Godfather, was and he talks about how Jerry the King Lawler would do his makeup. So, King must be an artist. Hey, Maybe that's the case. We you didn't know, who, know, do the, you know who would do the weird designs for the accolades. Like you know, they would have that art. Yeah, on like there. the the A and then like the X thing. I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's just branding, right? Bradshaw's Farouk. branding. Farouk drew those on. Oh really? Yeah. So, oh, interesting. Yeah. You think he would use the brander? Because that's no. Well, you know, it wasn't. Had. It really only did. Uh, like whatever JB or whatever it was. That's all I can do. <laughs> Uncle Uncle Hezekiah or whatever or Ezekiel. But honestly, um, yeah, I think we miss Papa Shango. I think he, so. I think the Godfather comes in with the Nation of Domination under a different name. That's his next guy. The What's next, his next name? You I, know? I can't. I'm I can't remember it. Cause... But so then he so he comes in as as whatever they're calling him in the Nation of Domination. And then he comes in as the Godfather once that breaks Kama up. Kama Mustafa? Yeah. 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 Then once then once that breaks up, he's the Godfather. Then once the he joins right ever. to censor, he's the good father. And all the hoes are gone. So Yeah. And then that then you never see him. Because it's like we weren't really saying that I was a pimp. <laughs> and then he's just like 
Yes. And then they cut to like promos where it's like this pimp ain't yeah, easy. Pimp yeah, ain't easy. Pimp ain't easy. Pimpin ain't easy. Every like, maybe we can't time. have an actual pimp on Every TV. Single time. Yeah. So. <laughs> and um, it, uh, another impressive. I mean, we'll get more into him, but like, just what an impressive. Like, it's impressive. Like the Undertaker, like Shawn Michaels, you can pull off the same character for like twenty years. Yeah. This guy pulled off four characters and still stayed in the same organization for ten years. It's impressive. Yeah, the Godfather and just like what a crazy life. But you, his wife came up with the Godfather gimmick. Really? Isn't that wow. interesting? It's yeah. like you know what you should do is just hang out with a bunch of women. <laughs> that should be your gimmick. <laughs> yeah, you know? be a pimp. Yeah, this is totally getting off track, but uh, there was one with the Big Show where the Big Show he was like kind of a heel with with uh, Shane. Where it was like a, he was in the title picture. Big Show would be a face one week. Right, and he yeah, would be yeah. Like he so then he was like out of out of his heel face. Where then he became just like he was. Uh, he just told Shane, I, I watched it. It was in like two two thousand. It's like I you know what? I'm just gonna have a good time. And so he goes and he's just like I'm just gonna have fun. And so he like dances with too cool or whatever, and he comes out of Shokishi and, and like so he's doing gimmicks of other people's gimmicks. Mm-hmm. So he would come out as Shokishi or Hulk Hogan or just whoever. And one time he came out as the Godfather. <laughs> and it's just like, it's just him dressed as these guys. And so Vince is like, oh, it'll be great. You're going to come out as the Godfather. You're going to kiss one of the hoes. It'll be awesome. And Big Show's like married. He's like, oh, my wife's going to be there. I don't want to kiss someone in front of my wife. And, like, and Vince is like, don't worry. We'll figure it out. So then... Um, he, Vince like tells Big Show, I went and talked to her, your wife. She's cool with it. He's like, how the hell did he do this? And then he doesn't realize it until he goes out that he got Big Show's wife to a volunteer to be one of the hoes. And she was going to be the hoe that he kissed. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is the genius of Vince McMahon. Like, oh, we're going to make it work. I'm going to get his wife to be one of the hoes. Yes. He'll kiss her. But that's just... I gotta, we got to look that up after yeah. that. All right. So, what a great, what a Best great Raw. Raw of 1996 yeah so, so far. far and i was like uh it was kind of a slippery slope with those last two episodes the last so. three or four i mean yeah. there wasn't much happening it's yeah. always honestly they they pull out all the stops when it's a real pay-per-view yeah uh, just when we start losing interest yeah. they keep us in as long as they pull keep brian pillman in. on there i think we're good <laughs> yeah we got we got like six months before he dies so we're good yeah so i mean catching up to um SummerSlam. Nineteen ninety six. We're we've been predicting these matches, so uh, we'll keep you updated as long as you stay tuned with us. Um, Anything we need to plug? You said any revenue though. All right. Well, that uh, that is episode twenty nine. Yeah. Whatever. I'll, oh, I'll like probably episode. write it wrong anyways on Yeah, Spotify just remember, guys, that it's, this is the episode that you're listening to now, and the <laughs> next one will be the next one. So. Yeah, this is the episode you are listening to now. <laughs> Stay tuned for our next episode, which will be the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, that is it for the end of the podcast, Turbuckle Time Machine. Stay tuned for our next episode, which will be the next episode. All right, good night. And God bless. <laughs>